up, everyone, and welcome to episode 227 of the Justin Inside podcast, a show where we talk to people involved in the world of alternative music and their journey through it. As always, my name is Tim Batbeck, and I'm your host and guide through said podcast. Uh, and apologies that this episode is a week later than originally planned. Um, I just didn't get around to editing, and I was fucking busy last week. So, I yeah, apologies. There was no episode last week, but we're here again. And again, as always, we have a lovely, lovely guest. Um, in the time that I've been away, which has only been a week, uh, not huge things to report. I say I was busy, but it was mainly with like day job stuff. So just been pottering around, uh, was in Brighton on Sunday with my lovely friend Sean Adicott, who had done, was doing a couple of runners of shows on their, their solo stuff. You probably know him better for being the vocalist and guitarist of Punch On um, and previous guest of this show. Uh, and I was also really kindly asked by a very good friend of mine, Lottie Brown, to be part of their radio show here in Bristol, uh, Stench Temple, um, which was fucking loads of fun to do. And I would love to do more of, of those sort of stuff. I will put a link in the show notes if anybody does wish to listen. Basically, we went blind uh, on the tracks we bought. So we both bought like a bunch of tracks and neither of us knew who we were going to play. And it was just a load of fun. And it was really cool to hang out with Lottie as well. Um, so, yeah, that was really, really cool. Um, I also want to give a shout out to my friends in Spark who had their record release shows over in Germany and, and Belgium this weekend. Well, weekend just gone. Um, I unfortunately wasn't able to go, but I had some friends who went to the German show and the, the Antwerp show and it looked like loads of fun. So yeah, awesome, awesome band. Go check them out. And also a little bit biased that my, one of my photos was used as their show flyer. So that was fucking sick. Um, apart from that, not a whole lot else to report. We're slowly winding down for the end of the year, hoping to get a few more episodes out before our annual end of the year albums of the year, uh, episode, which will be recorded with my lovely brother once again. Um, but yeah, thank you for, for coming back and joining on this journey that we've, we've had since I've kind of like rebooted the show and kind of given it new life. Um, and speaking of which, one of the people who was a kind of big part of that, of why I wanted to get that this going again, is my guest this week. And as a dear friend of mine, uh, they're the vocalist of Brighton hardcore band No Relief, uh, Ethan Barry. We obviously talk about how I got to meet Ethan uh, through his dad, who uh, who hasn't actually been a full time guest on this show. He was part of my like little pandemic series that I did on Instagram Live. So Steve, if you're listening to this, you're welcome on any time. Um, but yeah, we talk about his kind of starting to to hardcore and stuff, how he kind of have never really thought about being in a band, but now it's kind of things have sort of started to spiral with No Relief and they're starting to get a bit of a following, a bit of buzz around them and things do look really exciting for 2023 for them. Um, this was recorded about a week ago, so it the like first little bit that we talk about was just after there was a video that kind of semi went viral around here in the UK where Ethan just fully gets pelted in the face. Um, if you get the opportunity to see it, I recommend going find it. I'm sorry, Ethan, but it's fucking funny. Um, I'll put, I might put a link in just so people can find it because it's funny. 
Um, but yeah, this was a really, really cool chat with Ethan and it was really nice to to chat with him and catch up with him because I haven't seen him properly in a long time. So please sit back, enjoy the chat I have with Ethan and I'll see you on the other side. go okay mate this is this is the most long-winded thing i've ever done in my life (laughs) (laughs) i cannot believe sorry mate it's all right i don't know what was going on like i had like the app on cameron's cameron's ipad i had like these headphones set up and i was like this is gonna be chill and i was like all this started happening i'm like oh my god Oh well, we got there in the end. That's the that's yeah, the most important. That is it. Thing anyway, how you doing, man? I'm not too bad, mate. I'm not too bad. Who are you? Yeah, I'm all good, man. I'm just I've had like the whole weekend off because we were meant to be on tour, but we've had to cancel the whole tour. Yeah, so what what happened? So basically, Pete, our drummer, like the day before we were meant to go away, was like, "Boy, it's like, I've got the worst cold ever," and we were like cool man you got cold like we're all we're all suffering right now and like everybody gets the flu this time of year yeah yeah and then like at night he was like boys i've thrown up everywhere like i'm not okay like i'm really dizzy oh shit oh god we're going to go away in like less than 24 hours um and yeah he was just like in the morning i was like yo like you good and he was like I am horrendous. Like, I, there's no way I'm going away this weekend. I was like, oh, man, like, you sure? <laughs> <laughs> we're all trying to, like, play it off. We were just like, yeah, you'll be all right, Pete. Just, like, we're making him, like, trying to exercise with the clothes on. Like, so, like, do like, sweat it out? Yeah, or like, yeah, like yeah. I have, like, loads of hot showers. Like, we, we really need to go. Because <laughs> it was, like, we felt bad pulling out of everything last minute. Yeah, but, yeah. Um, yeah, he was just like, look, let's see how I do Saturday. Because I messaged about, we're, we're meant to be playing Wolverhampton with Appraised and Going Off and Hours of Reprisal. Yeah. And uh, I was just like, look, like we're, we've got a bit of a situation. Because we managed to get a fill-in for Brighton. Right? We had someone that could do that date and nothing else. Right, okay. So we, so that was fine. And we messaged like... Um, the guys that were running like the Wolverhampton hardcore shows, like they, they like put on the show thing. Um, yeah. And we were pretty much just like, yeah, we, we can't do this. Oh, we're, we're really sorry. Um, and we're, and I messaged the guy that was putting on like Dojo Fest and uh, Jake Huxley was putting on the Manchester show anyway. So he was like, yeah. he understood what was going on. Uh, yeah, yeah. And I was just like, look, by Saturday morning, <laughs> we'll know if we're coming or not. And Pete just, Got worse and worse over the years. Oh, was it just like a bug? Or... Yeah, like he's all right now, but yeah, I think it's just like a bad flu. Like, get it, it, yeah. it does its rounds, man. Like, it gets to everyone this time of year, but maybe him, yeah, him yeah just yeah, the yeah. most. <laughs> well, I guess like the other thing is to ask regarding that show, how's your face? My, <laughs> My face is fine. Like, like the way that video looks, I should be bruised up and dead like yeah yeah it is the craziest thing ever like i didn't even it took me by surprise like, i was so i was so like yeah like this is the sickest 
best show I've ever played, hundred percent. Like that show was yeah, yeah. And uh, I saw Baxter. I thought he was helping Oscar because like, I thought like a wire came out as pedalboard or some shit. But yeah, because it looked like it looks like he's like leaning over the head yeah. or something. So, but yeah, um, yeah. So he leant over the mon the monitors yeah. and donkey kicked. Yeah, yeah. And I just I had no. Like I should have seen it coming, and he just fucking yeah, bam, yeah, whoa! And I was just like, oh my god, that that just happened. And I carried on as usual. And it was like, are you okay? <laughs> I'm, like, I'm like, yeah, I'm chill. But luckily, it was like the last song, and I kind of ran over to the merch table and I like checking them on my phone, like my face, make sure like I had all my teeth. yeah, yeah, yeah. Because <laughs> he kicked me like around here, like just yeah, my cheek. yeah. And like I had the worst feeling. I like I had two fake yesterday. I was like, oh my god, is he doing like, something loose? Like, yeah, 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 yeah. But no, nah, I'm all right. Like it, it was like not as bad as um from uh, negative frame. Have you seen that oh, video? Fucking yeah, like fully spin kicking, kicking him. Mate, that is savage. Yeah, yeah. That is the worst thing I've ever seen in my life. Yeah, <laughs> the poor fully kid. like roundhoused in the fucking face. Mm. But whenever I see Savage shows, he is always the one to get hurt. Oh, really? Yeah, and you know what? That is a... And he, like, he, he gets down, he gets back up, and he still stage dives as normal. <laughs> I'm like, you just got lamped by the biggest dude ever. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but it's so it was scary. so funny, because, like, I hadn't seen the video yet. My brother messaged me, and he was like, is this yeah. the dude I met at Outbreak? <laughs> I was like, yep. Oh, my God. <laughs> <laughs> you took it like a fucking mate, champ, to be all. fair. I think if I wasn't like, full of adrenaline because I was playing the show, yeah, yeah. I would have I would have been out cold. <laughs> like, he, he kicked me hard. Yeah, yeah. But on the plus side, he was wearing like spongy Air Max trainers, so <laughs> soften the blow. It, it was, it was quite, it's quite a cushiony effect. <laughs> but yeah, if I wasn't like that pumped up, I would have been out yeah, cold, yeah. like crying on the floor. <laughs> like whenever I get hit, really like anxious. Yeah, yeah. I'm like, oh my god, oh my god, this is so bad. But because I never usually get hit, like ever. I don't know what it is. I always hit people, but not. Yeah, people. yeah. I never get hit ever, and then like the last like three shows, I've managed, I've got hit, and I'm just like, goodness, <laughs> sake. you know. Well, anyway, as I like to always kind of start these off, I always like to ask like, what kind of got you into to music and like alternative music and stuff. So, what was your kind of like intro to it and like getting into like punk and hardcore? Well, it's pretty much the luckiest way anybody could get into punk and hardcore because obviously my dad yeah. he's been a he's been in the scene since the 90s so it, it was like he was doing what I'm doing now yeah yeah like playing bass for like he played in a band called MTA uh and he played in a band before that as well um but he got like he was playing with shows with, like Cro-Mags and yeah yeah like Murphy's Murphy's Law and like if he didn't have that upbringing I probably wouldn't be into hardcore today. yeah yeah but mate like I think 
when I I've always obviously always in, been into like heavy music. Like I I love Slipknot and Corn, like all the new metal stuff. Like I really used to love. And then when I got into secondary school, I used to get I was getting into more punk, like Misfits, Black Flag, and bands like that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, which has been like amazing. It's it's amazing like introduction because when you're in year seven, like at my age. Everyone was like Premium Horizon, Black Bar Brides, like Pierce Avell, all them kind yeah, of yeah. bands. But like, I was like bumping minor threat to people. And then as time went on, I started getting into more hardcore kind of stuff. Um, my dad took me to download. Right, yeah, yeah. And he, and Trash Talk played one of the small tents. Oh, okay, cool. And he was like, you'll love these guys. I'm like, yeah, cool. And that was it. Like, <laughs> I was like, this is the coolest shit ever. Like he spent, Lee Spielman spent zero time on the stage. <laughs> yeah. like, he was just in the crowd, like smashing his head with a microphone. I was like, I love hardcore. Yeah, yeah. Like this is the coolest ever. But yeah, like from that, like just generally start to nerd out and get into like heavier bands yeah. over secondary school. I mean, that's how I met uh, our bass player, John. Yeah. He um he he was getting bullied, like he, like pushed around in a circle of people, and he was wearing a misfits hat, and like because in my school there was like no alternative kids, yeah. I was like I got a defense. <laughs> <laughs> so I went in and I like, grabbed him. I was like fucking leave him alone, and I like we like went off and like sipped some juice in in the <laughs> <Yeah>. playground, <laughs> just talk, literally just nerding about about like punk. Yeah, bands. yeah, and he. You know, he was really into he's really into like scar and stuff. And I was like I like obviously I like bands like Rancid, but it would never go further than yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. So we are like I, that's like a depth of music that I kind of got into as well, like Scar Punk yeah. as well. Like bands like Less Than Jake and stuff like yeah. that. I really I really dig yeah. that. So like obviously you said obviously your dad's like a big kind of influence, and I wanted kind of like I wanted to ask about that because I don't know, like, obviously, like, me, I obviously met you through your dad and stuff and, like, things like that. But, yeah. Like, I don't know, when you were growing up, was he, like, actively showing you stuff or did he kind of, like, just let you kind of discover it of your own accord? I think it's a bit of both. Like, he'd bump bands to me that he'd think I'd like. Right. But whereas he had this big selection of CDs and I'd go through them all and you know type them in on youtube and listen to them yeah like and his music taste is so varied now like well uh, like as always been so i've been i've you know i was like listening to like uh rob zombie yeah yeah and then like social distortion like i used to listen to uh but he like i used to do this thing where i'd write down on a bit of paper the shirts that he was wearing <laughs> yeah and 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 I'd and I'd list and I'd write that down like YouTube and like listen to the bands, but I I literally I'd say in the past, I think since two thousand and sixteen I've got more more into hardcore that way like through social media yeah. following people. Um, I think to be honest, if it wasn't for that vein eight five six video from the two thousand seventeen where they all got the windbreakers yeah, on. Yeah like me diving deep into like watching hate five six videos and finding out about more american hardcore bands and you and like 
that way finding out like UK hardcore bands, I don't think it'd be that easy yeah, for yeah. me. Like, like I'd obviously go to shows with my dad and stuff, but like I feel like I've gone in a lot deeper wormhole than he has. Yeah. Because he ventures like hardcore punk. And I'm like, I, you know, I'm into like 8,000 bands and, you know, like a lot of like Belgian hardcore yeah. and, and just just generally like getting heavier and heavier. Like the more metalcore kind of side of things, like I'd say 90s hardcore is definitely something that I'm really into. Yeah, yeah. And it, I think that's like the interesting thing is because obviously like, again, like no, like obviously I've got to know you like, separately from your dad sort of thing but it's yeah. like really like interesting to see like the different like obviously there's there are crossovers in some of the bands that you you both like but like yeah, yeah, yeah. you've definitely gone more like the as you say like the heavier metallic sort of side of things whereas your dad is like yeah man more straight up db sort of kind of style of things which is really like yeah like because i don't know like with like me and my brother like we're there's there's some like bands that we differ on but for i'd say a good 80 to 90 percent of it we're pretty much like agree on a lot of bands so it's interesting to see that you've kind of both gone like fork in the road sort of situation yeah well this is the thing we get very hot-headed at each other about a lot of music a lot of music i mean i'd say in the past two years i've really got into a lot of like uh flannel shirt emo should we say <laughs> <Wow>. uh, <laughs> and um i like shoegaze like i really like shoegaze music and i don't know why it falls into the hardcore scene yeah but it is so nice to just have that after a show yeah, yeah. like when i'm on my way home um but even then uh like on the heavier spectrum like with db and stuff sometimes i'm just like oh this is so boring yeah. And, and and he's like you know db no. yeah yeah that guy that guy doesn't listen to bands without like dots above <laughs> the letters you know what i mean <laughs> and yeah like in some of the stuff i listen to i'll be like um like oh do you like uk cruelty he goes Nip. yeah yeah like, i'm like what <laughs> but then again like he does like a lot of stuff that i like i think he picks and chooses yeah yeah and like just to kind of keep like on the the family sort of like trajectory for the minute because obviously like your younger brother as well like not so much yeah. into like the hardcore and stuff but still into like alternative well, stuff. I may have to correct you. Oh there, okay. Uh, uh, recently he's been really bumping hardcore. Oh okay. Like he's he's started to get into like bands like Knock Loose um all them kind of bands like he's he's toying with early death calls, nice like which is cool um i'm like i'm, I'm like i made him i'm making playlists but that's of, what like, i was that's what i was gonna to say to. are you kind of like passing the torch down to to him yeah definitely i mean he's come to he he's come to a, a couple of shows recently um and he's like toying with moshing as well nice like he really wants to get stuck in um like scowl played recently. yeah and uh i was kind of sat 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 there and joel was like your brother's two-stepping i looked over and he's fucking going for it <laughs> i'm like what 
like I was so shook. I was like, man, like he's finally starting to <laughs> get into it. You know what I mean? And like the other day when we played Brighton, he came, he came with like one of his friends. So bear in mind they're like seventeen, and they're they're all trying to get into like the heavier side of like alternative yeah, yeah. music. He came and he had a windbreaker on, and and a test of balaclava. Nice. Uh, it says like, and like he had his hood up, and he was just. I've never because he's a tall kid, yeah, yeah. Right? like you've seen him. He's like six foot seven and he was throwing lips. Nice. I was like, Christ. <laughs> like, but I'm glad he's kind of you know, he his um his friendship group listened to a lot of like indie music yeah. and uh like young blood and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And he's like, I kinda wanna listen to heavier stuff now. That's cool. So I, I I'm glad that he's uh you know, still, <laughs> but, <laughs> but like I'm happy for him to listen to whatever. I mean, my dad doesn't agree with the fact I listen to shoegaze. Yeah, I mean, well, I'm gonna have to have words with him for that because there's nothing wrong with shoegaze. But no, like this is the thing, man. Like it is so good. It's so it's just nice it and so chill. He, but he's like, you know, he's a nineties hardcore. Yeah, yeah. You know, he's got his arms crossed. <laughs> Chrome bags or nothing. Yeah, man. yeah, yeah. So then, obviously, like in terms of you, like as you say, like you kind of were going like heavier and heavier sort of stuff. And you've mentioned obviously that like the hate five six like vein video and stuff. Yeah. Like from there, has it just been like I don't know because there's there is so much like different like hardcore in the world now, like just in the UK, but like in Europe as well, yeah. like. Have you always had that mentality of like, okay, I need to dig, I need to find out like who yeah. the new bands are? And yeah, stuff. always, man. I um, this is the great thing about like Spotify. Um, you know, it would have like, uh, listeners also listen to. Yeah, this. yeah. And and it's yeah, and literally in the last like two three years, I've kind of like fell into wells. I mean, my friend Oscar, he's in No Relief now. He also plays in negative measures. Yeah. He's like in the past two years, he's shown me so many different bands that I was just not playing around with. Yeah. And like I didn't realize that I hadn't been. But this is the thing like, if you, I always listen to a band and I'll listen to three bands that influence that band. Right. Yeah. Yeah. To, you know, to, you know, find my way finding more about genre, like different subgenres that fall into hardcore yeah i mean you got like metallic hardcore you got the youth crew and you got you know you got your beat down and stuff like i've fully like found myself in different ways like oh my my, my spotify is ridiculous <laughs> yeah it's just full of random stuff but most recently this past year i've just been listening to a lot of metallic right. stuff. i mean my my all-time favorite band is like buried alive, right? And you know, from that, I found like Slugfest and all them bands that kind of go into yeah. that, you know, that that area, um, like new, like New York hardcore, you know, all them bands like bump each other, so you get all yeah, yeah, front and they'll be like, I'll oh, big up Chromax and Chromax will big up Madborn, and you know, and they'll, they'll get deeper and deeper. Yeah. You'll find yourself in like a well of just finding out new things yeah i mean i think it's just the sound that gets to me uh i mean listening to a lot of uh congress yeah and uh 
crawl space recently there's bands i've never really like got into i knew they were there but i've just never been like okay i'm gonna yeah 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 but then i listen to a lot of uk based stuff as well because i feel like there's a lot of uk bands like taking influence from like eight thousand but eight eight thousand bands and like 90s metallic hardcore yeah yeah and that's like we'll get into like the uk scene in a little bit but like i think it's definitely it's definitely like from like when i first started getting into like hardcore and stuff i think this is the thing like people will bag on like some uk bands being too heavy and too beat down like driven and stuff like that but like if take that away it's just really nice to like see how like thriving the uk scene is at the moment yeah um uk hardcore is so important yeah um like you don't realize how important a lot of bands are yeah yeah until you see them and see you know you go to a show and you'll see i mean i think the main thing i see is everyone wearing cauldron merch yeah like, cauldron are huge and they they don't know that they're that huge. yeah yeah but they they are so huge to everybody else. Um, you know they're playing big shows like they're a, they're an amazing band. Um, but yeah, UK hardcore is big and it's and it's so varied. Yeah, as yeah. Well, like genre wise, when it comes to hardcore. Yeah, and I think that's the thing, isn't it? Is that like I don't know because obviously we kind of put like US hardcore like on a bit of a pedestal, and yeah. like you can find your like i agree you can find your like melodic hardcore bands you can find your straight edge hardcore bands and like yeah obviously they've got like very geographical like your new york hardcore like bay area and stuff like that whereas yeah yeah, i think here we're just like a weird like melting pot of everything and just like the people who are in it just like hype each other up yeah i i i think um people in the uk are taking a leaf out of like america's book i mean every has their own little scene i mean like nehc there's like the newcastle yeah, yeah. area uh you've got northern unrest all the scotland boys um and you've got like um josh who does like all the whale shows for like new and like yeah, Newport. yeah. And like everyone's repping their postcodes and just like general area yeah. and like putting hardcore at the end of it i mean it like brighton hardcore everybody reps like bm1 yeah, yeah like not every not everybody lives in brighton like i not any not like even being one as a postcode no one in no relief lives, lives <laughs> yeah. in one. but like that's like that's like where you get like oh bay area you've got gulch yeah yeah, yeah yeah you know the rest of them i think everybody's trying to do that in the uk so you we can have that kind of effect on you know, people getting into it. Yeah, definitely. Uh, like London hardcore, and you know, the list goes on. Because uh, like we're like we're so lucky to be in the UK when it comes to yeah. hardcore. Because kids in America have to travel like three hours to get to like their local venue. Yeah, yeah. Whereas for us, it's like half an hour hour on the train. Yeah. And that's and I was just gonna say that like, that's the thing. Like, obviously, when I was growing up, like. London was like the the mecca like that was the place like the, yeah. that was the only place that like UK hardcore like really existed because like that was like yeah 
days of like um 12 bar fucking knuckle dust yeah all that like the Russian, yeah. like early russian records shit but as you say like now yeah like my kind of like like bristol's getting there a little bit but like yeah but like my local kind of like i guess like postcode scene would be no newport and what joe's doing over there yeah, is like, yeah. fucking wicked and it's just like yeah, man. it's really it is really cool to see like these little pockets of scenes, and and like yeah. then you go to like like all dayers and stuff, and you can almost see those like, yeah. groups represented all different people. Yeah. yeah, everyone. Yeah, everyone kind of represents where they're from, and everyone gets on, and everyone's like bumping each other's like bands from their area. Yeah. Like I like, I like Dayfest. I mean, Outbreak was probably the most difficult weekend of my life because <laughs> yeah. i was trying to please everyone because oh, where i where you know where you go to so many shows and you're just like oh hey like that entire weekend i was like hanging out with different groups of yeah. people like just trying to like oh yeah yeah yeah, like oh what's no relief doing i'm like oh yeah this that and but like, yeah we'll be up yeah. soon like whatever you know like, and that's what's amazing about uk hardcore now like like you were saying like london was like the hot spot and that was it yeah whereas now i mean even where i live now hastings has been like toying with little hardcore yeah, shows yeah. here and there and uh no relief did a headliner there and i was like there's gonna be about 20 people uh excluded bands. yeah yeah i was like and i got to i went and got food went back to the venue and the guy that was putting it on was like there's about a hundred people. Oh fuck! I went what? Like in Hastings? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, and I went in, and there was like random people I've never seen in my life that have like you know, and everyone's wearing merch, like you know. Yeah, yeah. It just goes to show how important it is to have your own little clip. Yeah, yeah, yeah. In in it within UK hardcore because you know people bump. Yeah, it. definitely. And like I fully agree with you with outbreak like but it was fucking amazing but by the end of it my social battery was was a, a very like, yeah I was like i'm ready to go home and have a have a long sleep i think it was like three weeks was pretty much outbreak yeah, there was the all these little shows. yeah yeah i think the weekend before was my birthday weekend and it and like paying a truth headlined in london and and then the day after that, I was like, Jesus, peace, yeah, matinee, yeah. Jesus, peace, night show. And the day after that, I was like a different show. And it was just kind of like talking to so many people. Like, oh, yeah, I'll see you at Outbreak next week. And then Outbreak was like stressful, <laughs> man. <laughs> <laughs> but it was literally one of the best weekends yeah, I've had in a long time. Good to see everybody and like see everybody like getting on, having a good time. I don't think there was any bullshit that whole weekend. The only thing that I saw, and this wasn't necessarily bullshit as such, but do you know May, like from London? Can't say like I proper do. like oh, maybe by phrase. like old head used to like do Ninja Fest and stuff like that. Yeah, okay, cool. Um, during like Terra's set, she like got fully like clocked in the face, um, and like oh. nose exploded and all this, and she had to like sack Jesus. off the rest of the weekend. Um, and she was basically like, she had a feeling like the person who did it like fully, like did it intentionally. So oh, yeah, it was, but that was like God. literally the only like drama that I saw the whole weekend. But, yeah, oh, Ninja Fest. Yeah, that's going back. That is, you know what? My dad went to so many shows, 
that I would kill to go yeah, to. Yeah, yeah. Like Bills, there was like six foot ditch special move stamping yeah. ground. Like, that, so that was that like, was like one of my first Ninja Fests was like six foot ditch because six foot ditch. Really? They're Portsmouth band, weren't they? So that was that was my yeah. that was the only band I repped because they were the only fucking Portsmouth hardcore band. Yeah, I um listened to their lyrics the other day. Yeah, they're very questionable. <laughs> Yeah, I like didn't know because he's got quite a yappy voice. Yeah, so yeah. I was kind of like, yeah, this is cool. And then I was like, read him, read him on that uh, because you know Spotify comes up with it like yeah, the yeah. Now. And like, I was reading, I was like, Shh, <laughs> this guy. <laughs> yeah, in hindsight, yeah, that was a strong move, but but yeah, other bands like that, like that, that era of music for UK is. Unbelievable. Yeah. Um, on topic, Stamping Ground are the best UK oh, hardcore band. Thousand ever. percent, thousand percent. Could not agree more. Uh, I w- I won't hear different. <laughs> I got I got a lot of friends that are like special move. I'm number one. I'm like nice. Yeah, Stamping Ground. Ground. I I very much concur with that. Um, but in terms of like you sort of like playing music and stuff, so. Obviously, like yeah. doing vocals in in No Relief, but like, what was your kind of like? Because obviously, your dad's guitar, bass does a bit of like yeah. everything, like writing wise sort of thing. So, what was your kind of influence in like wanting to actually like learn music and stuff? Um, well, through junior school, I obviously loved Slipknot, and I only loved Slipknot because I loved how weird Joey Jordison was. Right. Okay. And. I was just like, this dude is so weird. I liked the way he moved as a human. <laughs> right. Really weird to say that, but like, I was like, I want to learn to play drums. I want to be just like Joey Dawson. Uh, and I learned to play drums. And I, I used to have lessons and, and I, I was fairly good with keeping up with it. And, uh, you know, I toyed with playing drums in two bands yeah. in secondary school. But they never, it, it was like a rehearsal room band. Yeah, yeah. Like, it was never going to go anywhere. But yeah, I've always wanted to be a drummer, but I never thought about doing vocals ever. So how did that come about then? Vocals? Yeah, yeah. Um, like, like when I met Joel, he played guitar. Um, and I was just like, we should start a band. And then, we never really spoke about it ever until college. Right. Um, and I was like, yeah, I'll drum. And then we knew this kid, Sam, that could drum. Um, and I was like, yeah, we should get him in and I'll learn to play bass. And he, he was like, dude, you should be a vocalist. And I'm like, not for me. <laughs> like, I, I, I do not know anything about being a vocalist. And he goes, just give it a try. So like we work, we, we like wrote loads of music together and I, we had a rehearsal and I'd never done vocals yeah. before ever. So I literally walked in, grabbed the mic and went. And I was just like, yeah, you're not going to warm up. I was like, warm up? <laughs> <laughs> like, I don't even do that. And I fried. I was going to say, did you like, go out? For like a week. Yeah, like bad. Like proper like scratchy yeah, voice. Yeah. Like I was eating soup for a week. <laughs> <laughs> uh but then I was like, yeah, I don't think I could ever do vocals ever again. And he was like, give it a think. And then I looked into warming up and I kind of, we got into it. Um, and we, and this was like a punk band. Um, and we just pretty much did like Black Flag kind of right. stuff. 
and and like I might progressively my vocals got better, and then we just completely binned it off, and I never thought about doing a band again until No Relief kind of got into surfacing, yeah, um, just before lockdown. Um, because I wasn't interested in doing band stuff because of the I didn't want to play drums in a band, nor did I want to do vocals. But then listening to hardcore and watching bands play, I was like, okay, I think I could definitely try vocals out. Yeah, again. yeah. So and um like on that on, on that, like because you say like watching like bands and sort of like saying, Oh, I can give this a go. Was there like any yeah. particular bands that you saw that like I don't, I don't like because obviously like going and seeing like your dad playing and stuff yeah did that I don't know was that different than like maybe seeing like a YouTube video of someone else did it not have the same yeah sort of thing? you know what made it click for me well we went to LDB Fest in 2020 yeah, yeah. and and the whole weekend I was watching like bands play the whole weekend I was like fuck I really want to be a vocalist yeah um, it was just literally that weekend that kind of got it to me. Um, and I think, like, I dread to say it, but not clues played. And I was just like, I could definitely just do that. Like, <laughs> I want to be... New, new Brian Garris. Yeah. Yeah, like, I I had this full on, like, because it was like a secret set. Yeah, of course. My yeah, dad yeah. knew about it, actually. He was like, he kept it from me. Because we were cutting about with uh, Brian Prosser. Right. He used to drum an inclination. Yeah, yeah. And he was like, oh, yeah, no clues are going to play in a bit. He goes, okay. And he, like, kind of kept it from me. Um, he goes, no clues about to play. And they did Traps in the Grass with Memory. Yeah, yeah. Just like, but, 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 but. And, like, that whole intro. And I kind of watched that. I was like, yeah, I could be a <laughs> But that, generally, that whole weekend away was just unreal. Yeah. And I was like, yeah, this is... This is me. Like I'm just. I'm gonna get back to the UK. I'm gonna drag people together. We're gonna start a band, and that's how No Relief kind of started. Yeah. I was um, like, believe it or not, me and Joel are the only original No Relief members. We've gone through so many people. Yeah, because I was gonna. We'll touch upon that in a little bit because I want to go through like, yeah, the, definitely. the growth of the band. Um, but then, like well, as you say, like obviously going to things like LDB and stuff like that. But and obviously again like. I don't want to keep harping on about your dad, but like, yeah, with obviously him like playing punk shows and like attending them as a as a spectator as well. Yeah. Like, were you growing up going to those sort of things, or like not that he would yeah, bring you along, but like, I don't know, was it something that he would be like, do you want to come along to this, or did you be like, can I come, sort of thing? Uh definitely a bit of both. I always wanted to go to all the shows. Right. Like I'd beg him, <laughs> yeah. and like, even like I'd be eight years old. I think, it, it, like, you need to play eighteen plus venues, and he'd be like, "Look, I can't take you." And I'd sit there, and I'd cry my eyes <laughs> out, like flip flip my bed over, cry my eyes out because I couldn't go to like an eighteen plus show. Barely when I'm eighty eight years yeah. old. <laughs> <laughs> I I yeah, I think the atmosphere of being at a gig is just my entire personality yeah yeah like literally it's so good but yeah i'd always ask and he'd always just be like do you want to come like if i could he'd be like do you want to come i'd be like yeah. yeah but i knew when he was going 
because he'd be like getting ready and putting eyeliner on. Yeah. I'm like, I want to come. <laughs> which is a which is amazing, amazing to see, like to know that I was like that from a young yeah, age. Yeah. And I'm still like it today. Like I go to as many gigs as I can. Yeah, yeah. That's the thing. Like I um, because like this year I've, I think I've like overdone it a little bit, even like for my standards, like how many shows I've been to. And I was like right. looking at it and obviously like fucking cost of living at the moment. I was like, fuck, I might have to scale back next year. And I'm like, I just, I know I'm not going because yeah. I fucking just love it. But in, yeah. in like my, my bank account just doesn't like it as much anymore. No, I get you. Um, like Brighton, Brighton, London, and even Kent, like those shows happening in Kent, um, every now and then um i'm like making it to every single yeah. one i can because i feel guilty if i yeah don't I'm, I'm the same and that's now turned into an anxiety like oh if i don't go no one's gonna like me yeah, no yeah. one's gonna like my band and it's and that's that's a bad thing because i sh- i shouldn't feel like that yeah I shouldn't punish myself for not going to a show but like i go to like every gig I can. yeah same and like that's the thing because like as I say, like here in Bristol at the moment, like there's not ma- like a massive hardcore scene, but there's a really cool like punk scene, and like there's yeah like... no I see I do see I do see that 100%. and there's like one of the promoters that like puts on like quite a lot of those gigs, and like every time yeah. like they'll put something on, and like he'll message me and I'm like oh god I can't afford it this one I'm sorry and it's like it is that like yeah. you get that guilt of like yeah. Oh, if I don't attend this one, then I'm going to be out of the loop and all this. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's fucking mental. Yeah, no, that's that's usually how I feel. Like, I like I'll miss a good one. Um, like I've done it a few times recently. Like I've missed a few good ones. I'm like, oh, why have I done yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. Like I'm so much better than that. <laughs> but, <laughs> um, but no, I do get it. Like when like so, like money can be tight. Yeah and I'm just like my train ticket to Brighton is like £10 and like to get in is like 7 or £8 yeah. and then like I'm getting food because I'm not eating at home because I have to leave so drastically to yeah, get there yeah. you know so it does it does rank up the money yeah. it really does so then like, I definitely can't afford it yeah, all the time yeah. but I just I'm just like, I've got to do it so in terms of like you kind of like actively being in in bands and stuff so is, is No Relief like the first like proper band would you say no Relief is the first band that is, I've ever played on a stage with in front of yeah. people. Like, it's, yeah. Other than, I've had rehearsal bands, but this No Relief is the, the only band that I've ever had. Yeah. Let's say, let's say that. So, on, in terms of that, like, as you say, like, I guess going from not wanting to do vocals to then mm-hmm. being on a stage, like, how was that yeah. like feeling for you? literally my the first show we played i was a state <laughs> like i was trying to eat but i was like my mouth was so dry because i was so nervous i was sitting there like i was like this yeah yeah like i just couldn't deal with it i was like why am i so nervous i come to gigs all the time and like i even changed my clothes for the time. Fucking hell. I, I was just so nervous but when it came to actually being on a stage in front of people i felt so yeah yeah like that that is like 
that is like a big stress relief. Yeah. Everybody everybody does bad scenario reasons, but I had so much stuff I've needed to talk about that I don't talk about. Yeah. And like even just being angry, like that is it. Yeah. So it is it is just the biggest relief ever. Yeah. And like you you touched upon obviously like the, the member changes and stuff. And I remember like yeah, I'm trying to think because I remember we were talking, and you messaged. I think you messaged me like the logo or something, and you were like, "It's fucking yeah. happening." And then yeah, then obviously like you did the first like couple of tracks like with the demo. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then obviously fucking lockdown happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so yeah. like obviously from that demo to where we are now. Like first yeah. and foremostly, like the sound has changed a bit. Massively. Yeah. Massively. And as you say, not a bit, <laughs> massively. <laughs> but obviously, like the as you say, like the kind of change of in lineup as well. So yeah. I guess as a starting point, like when you first started the band, what yeah. was the idea like for it to sound like sonically? And like I don't know, like why has that now shifted to where we are now? Um, well, when it first happened, I think we're all, you know, we all wanted to make music people to dance. Right. That that was the, that was the main goal. So it was just like, I was just like, just do breakdowns. Like everybody loves short breakdowns and fart sections. Like just do that. Um, so when it became to writing, the guy that used to play guitar in No Relief was like, okay, I can do this. Um, he used to get like it was like hardcore drum packs off of like YouTube, right, okay. and he used to like write write like fight riffs over it, and like and I'd put lyrics onto it, and that'd be kind of yeah. It. Um, I think the original idea was just to be a beatdown, right? Okay, <laughs> and um, you know, upon that, I don't think everybody that was in it originally was you know clued up to what we all wanted to do yeah i feel like me and joel were like let's do this and they were like okay we'll try it because they were like metal kids they weren't even right okay so when it was like trying to explain like bands to them they were like oh yeah but um you know slip not (laughs) okay so it was kind of it was hard to translate a lot and I think, like, over time, we kind of got to the point where it was just like, yeah, I don't think I want to be in the relief anymore. And I was like, okay, like, fair play. Yeah. And I was just kind of like, this was, trying to do a band was the worst idea ever. <laughs> like, in the South, and especially in that time before lockdown hit, it was just like, no one was interested. Yeah, yeah. It felt like no one was interested. And, like, I'd meet people that were, would be interested, but lived, like, miles and miles and miles away Yeah, from me. yeah. But compared to the sound now, like the people that are in No Relief now, it's just like we've found the sound, we're comfortable, and that's where we're going to stay kind yeah. of thing. I mean, originally we were going to, um, when we started rehearsing again before lockdown, kind of, we like before shows started happening after lockdown, we were, we were proper toying with like metalcore um to you know to follow it up and just like improve it yeah um 
and that's like with all all the new members. And then it got to the point where I was just like, I just think like we're copying too much. <laughs> right. I I feel like we could just do something different. And Johnny, who plays guitar now, he was like, I've got an idea. And he started writing stuff. And Pete was, Pete, um, who used to drum for us, he was like on it. He was like, yeah, 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 let's do this, let's do that. And that's when we come up with Ritual Oppressor. Yeah. Like the whole thing. Like pretty much everything we had changed the tuning, changed everything that goes into it, you know, and went for a completely different way. And when it was finished, I was like, this is no really. Yeah. Like, this is so our sound. And, like, we're so happy playing it and writing it. Even rehearsal, we seemed a lot more chirpy. Yeah, yeah. And then... But, yeah, it's it's been a dramatic change. Yeah. Definitely. And, like, as you say, because obviously, like... Because did you play any shows before lockdown? Nah, we were we had one booked, like we were gonna play, yeah. but it just didn't. Happen, yeah, obviously, COVID. So <laughs> then, obviously, like going into like lockdown, and as you say, like having members change and things like that, and as you say, like yeah. that kind of mentality of like, why the fuck did I start a band, sort of thing. Yeah. Was there ever like the thought that this may not get off the ground, or we like? Were you so perseverant with Mate, it that you, that, you were making that was, sure it would that happen? was that was 100% my fault. Like the whole time I was like, yeah, this is never going to this isn't going to leave lockdown. <laughs> and then and then like when our old guitarist was like, right, everyone's going to come around mine next weekend and we're going to record this whole thing because we're not doing nothing. And we recorded the whole demo in a bathroom. Fucking <laughs> hell. And I was like, yes, I was in like a shower with the mic over. That's amazing. Was, like, doing the vocals. Yeah, it was cool. But um, we, um, I, I was, uh, when we recorded that and like, we didn't even master it. We were just like, it was like rough. And just put yeah, out. yeah. Because I was just like, we need to just get it out there. Like, I want people to listen. No one gives a shit. Like and like now I give a shit when it comes to like good quality. Yeah, music. yeah. I was like, I would, I just wanted to be out there. I want everyone to know like we're doing this now because it's been so long winded. Me being in a band. Yeah, yeah. Like it's something I've like we I talked about a lot. I was like, yeah, me and Joel are gonna be in a band together. Like to everyone, like yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay. And now it's finally there. When it finally got there, I was just like. All right, just release everything we got, like everything and anything. I was so excited. Yeah, yeah. I was like a little puppy, you know. But I, I need, I definitely now more grounded and disciplined when it comes to, you know, getting something yeah, out. Yeah, yeah. And obviously, in terms of like you, kind of like writing like lyrics and stuff. Like you said, obviously, that like being in a band has given you the opportunity to sort of like say things that you hadn't necessarily said before. But obviously, yeah. like again, like in that that first like embryonic stages of no relief where you maybe yeah. hadn't written lyrics before did you find that quite like yeah. a challenge to sort of get find like find your voice so to say yeah um i I've, I've always liked writing down words from when i did this original punk band yeah. with joel i always wrote stuff down like little sentences and then like, I'd make a paragraph out of them, right? Or like, a, you know, like a, a verse. Yeah. 
Um, but like, I'm so sensitive to anything and everything. I I get so worked up about dumb stuff. Right. Like whether that be someone like mocking someone. Yeah, yeah. Like just general like people being bullies. Um, like veganism has always been a big thing. Like you get, I get so vexed about it. Yeah, yeah. I like like. When people are just like, oh, vegans are so stupid. I'm like, what? <laughs> like, I'm still, I'm still, I'm still that guy. <laughs> yeah. Like, like, I will always like about that. But in like recent, the last couple of years, like as I've got older and I, I've come off of my my ADHD medication, I've become more emotional and you know feel comfortable talking about certain things that you know are like a topic in mainstream life. Yeah. And and just personal trauma. Yeah. Um, when I, I I had like bad relationship with like drinking drugs, I've definitely spoken about that. Yeah. Uh, with no relief. Um, when I was younger, a few of my friends passed away. Like when I was quite young, mm. and and it's never, I've never really touched on right. it until I've started writing lyrics about it. Mm. Um, yeah, I think like from sixteen, like. A few of my friends died. And I was like, I'm this is really weird. Yeah, yeah. And so yeah, as like and that was the time I came off of like ADHD medication. So I was very emotional yeah. all the time. Did you struggle like in terms of that, like coming off the medication and then like because obviously you're gonna get like this rush of like your feelings plus yeah. being ADHD and being like fucking trains of thought going left right and center yeah yeah yeah. then and having to deal with like personal grief and stuff was that i don't know like how did you manage to kind of like put it all together in a package of, of lyrics and stuff was that your outlet yeah yeah i'd say like going to shows writing music and just having general well-being around me was kind of the outlet mm. i mean i I've, I've always skateboarded so that was definitely one uh, but when it comes to you know writing lyrics like I'd be on the train or a bus and I'd think of a word and I'd just like it'd just be going through and through like I'd just make so much around yeah. it like, in my head i just get deep into a you know my own my own well of well of just like putting words and words and words and words yeah yeah uh, and it'd definitely be something I'm worked up about at the time I mean the the whole of like the ritual presser EP is based on why I don't feel like I don't feel like we should support this. Yeah. Um, as well as like past friendships, mm. like people that I can definitely do better off without. Yeah, that is like something I base my lyrics on as well. Mm. And then that kind of brings me definitely onto the new EP. All the lyrics are about me comfortably speaking about past friends that have uh, passed away yeah yeah and so you know it's the people that i'm kind of surrounded with now i'm like okay i'm comfortable with this and like that's my outlet yeah to touch on that and get out there i feel like less stressed about yeah yeah and then just in terms of like because you said like you've had sort of struggles with with drugs and alcohol and stuff but obviously yeah. are now straight edge. And yeah. so like, 
again, like obviously, is that something that like not obviously discovered through hardcore, but like I don't know, like what's your kind of like relationship like with that and like discovering it on that side of things? Being shared. Yeah. Oh man. I've always known about it, of course. Yeah. But it was only it was in lockdown I like claimed yeah. it. Um but when like like as the years have gone on, like you like my personal take on every like drinking drugs was just getting worse. Right. Like, like, because I, I started doing like drinking and you know smoking weed from like fourteen. Yeah, yeah. Just because I was hanging around with the wrong mm. people, like that's literally what you get for hanging around skate rocks. <laughs> I don't yeah, care. What, yeah. I literally don't care what anybody says. That like, from a from a young age, you are uh, in, especially in England, you are exposed to drink and drug culture very yeah, early yeah. on. Um. But yeah, as it time went on, just it just got worse for me. Mm. I quit uh, drugs when I was like eighteen, and then I quit drinking during lockdown. Yeah. Because people around me, I saw it affecting people around me before I saw it. Yeah. Um, and that's when I kind of made the decision. I was like, okay, like I'm gonna be edge now. Yeah. But um, as 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 in a way of like discovering it, I kind of always noticed people at shows with like egged up hands. I was like, what even is yeah, this? yeah. And then when my dad explained to me, he was like, oh, it just means like you're you're sober, like you don't drink, you don't smoke, you don't do drugs. And I was like, oh, that's cool. And then my dad claimed edge, and I was like. That's fair play for him. Like that's cool. And then it got to the point where I was like, I should definitely be doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. And then because like the other thing, like as you say, obviously you see people like at shows with like exes and stuff. But like I think like mm-hmm. within like hardcore itself, people have a different relationship with straight edge. Like yeah. there's pe- there's some people that fucking love straight edge hardcore but there's other edge people yeah. that very much go nah, away from it personal. and they're just like no yeah. this is just a thing yeah. for me so where, where do you kind of sit I, on that line it's a 50 50 okay. 100% I mean um, I've always like listened to straight edge like you crew yeah. stuff like judge you for today like they those are very very much set the way but i think when i like heard earth crisis yeah i was like like straight edge is fucking cool <laughs> yeah being straight edge is fucking cool and then i was like i had the discipline on my dad's behalf to be like don't be straight edge if you if just because other people are straight edge. yeah I, I, so i'm glad i kind of had that and i i think i did it at the right point mm. there but i definitely feel like I don't, people shouldn't gatekeep straight edge. Yeah. Um, I feel like that's such a big thing still. Like, like, um, do you not listen to hardcore? You can't be straight edge. Like, that's, that's oh, whack. yeah, yeah, yeah. But then people are straight edge because they listen to hardcore. Yeah. 
and no other reason. They're just like, I like being triage. And I think that's cool in itself. Yeah. Yeah. Everybody has their own reason why they're doing it. And if it's because you're into hardcore and you just want to be a better person, that's cool. No, that's cool. Um, And just before we kind of get on to like, the like go a bit deeper into the ritual presser stuff and like where no relief are now like obviously i i like asked you a couple of things beforehand i always want to kind of dig in about a bit more like sort of like your personality and stuff and how that's kind of influenced like your music and stuff so obviously like one of the things that you kind of said was fashion and i think like the time that i've known you you've always been a very fashionable dude in comparison to to me that's just like it's just fucking band t-shirt jeans that i've had for the same fucking 10 years and shit you know what man like that is it uh when it comes to fashion like i've i've always hated the whole punk rock thing like mohawks studs and patches like oh yeah i'm a freak i'm like i don't really want to look like (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I mean, I love the I love the music, but I don't I do not want to yeah, look yeah, like yeah. that. But when I started going to hardcore shows and realized, like, oh, people wear Air Maxes and Dickies, yeah. and like a like a Slayer t shirt or a Se- like Sepultura t shirt, I'm like, that's cool. Yeah, yeah. And like being into streetwear because of hardcore is, you know, there's a big thing. Like everyone that's in, like most people that are into hardcore now are like big into streetwear. Yeah, yeah. And I feel like a lot of bands base their merch on tree. Yeah. Band. I mean, we definitely do. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Basically, like, I don't um, know, like, is that now, like, a conscious thing that you're, like, not, I don't want to say that you're, like, sculpting your look or whatever, but, like, do you, con- like, is it yeah. a conscious thing that you're, like, oh, no, I want to wear this, I want to wear that sort of thing, rather than, like, as I say, like, I'm still very much just, like, grab the first thing that's yeah. out of my cupboard, that'll fucking do something. Sort of I mean, that, <laughs> you know what the big topic is in the No Relief chat is? What's everybody wearing? <laughs> Amazing. But we pretty much all wear the same thing. Like, I just wear Banty, hoodie, um, baggy jeans yeah. and Air Maxes. I, and I think that's like everybody in the yeah, band. Yeah. So I am definitely, I chuck stuff on. But I've always been into like, like fashion, like streetwear yeah, yeah. as a whole, like forever. But I've always, I've always, I've always admired like how people into hardcore, you know, kind of put two and two together. Yeah, yeah. Like you can make a, you know, you can make a Slipknot t-shirt look cool yeah. with Air Maxes. And I'm like, yeah, that's my yeah, style. Yeah. I like that. And I think like that kind of goes quite like hand in hand in a way with like your day job like being a barber and stuff because obviously i think like yeah that's in the last like few years like that industry has become like really like up and coming in terms of like the creative creativity of it like people being a lot more like thoughtful and like because obviously when i was a fucking teenager you'd go into a barber's short back and side done sort of thing uh, yeah but like how did you kind of get into it sort of thing and, and and have you seen that correlation with like the fashion side of things mi- mixing with the barbering yeah barbering is something i never wanted to okay do. um my mum 
we used to go, get like his hairdresser around and she was always like you are like you need to be a barber i'm like no like <laughs> isn't that's like girls barber like, i don't do that <laughs> and i never knew what i wanted to do to the point where i left school i actually ended up being on a building site. right okay and coming from being quite a sensitive person i didn't last yeah long. yeah yeah i i just argued with people a lot <laughs> um and where i used to get my hair cut well they were like oh we need a barber i was like i want to learn like i'm gonna learn and i got into it and and it's so huge yeah yeah like like all different hairstyles are in whereas it used to be so like yeah sure back and sides leave uh but like everyone's got like mullets and you know like skin fades and you know tapers whatever um and it's such a wide clientele and it's so creative Mm. i'd say it's definitely an outlet on my mental health yeah like i can really like be creative and put my mind uh to you know art i'd say it's yeah yeah uh, you know, I got wicked clients, and I, I work with pretty cool people. Um, you know, so I'm constantly just being creative. Yeah. How does it like work with? Because obviously, I know, like, obviously, you've got like your high street barbers where it is like you just walk in and whatever and whatever. Yeah. But like with yourself, and like obviously, the more kind of like I guess bespoke side of things. Yeah. Is it that like I don't know? You have like. I guess in in some way similar to tattooing, like you have like clients that book in at a certain yeah. time, you and you discuss like certain yeah. things, like, and they 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 come to you because you know you do a certain style. Is it kind of like that? Yeah, yeah. I mean, the place where I work is is very gentrified, right? Okay. Um, it's quite like, um, I mean, we've got six barbers for for one thing. Right. Uh, we did have a record shop in there and we've got a coffee shop in there. Um, you know, and people can kind of like come in and judge it by that and just be like, okay, I'm going to definitely get a good haircut. If I come yeah, yeah. Um, whereas other barbershops are just not really like doing yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Like walk in 10 pounds, you're out in 10 yeah, minutes. Yeah, yeah, Whereas I'm like, I'm here to talk to you about whatever you want to talk about and I'm going to spend 45 minutes going. Oh, that's cool. But yeah, it's, it's such a mixed industry yeah. now. But yeah, but same with, yeah, it's literally the same as tattoo. Yeah. Like you're booking people in and you, you know, you're, you're making, you're making your clients and you know, it's, it's a creative day of work. Yeah. And cause like, obviously I know there are like, you can do like, barbering competitions and, and things like that is is that kind yeah, of like what you want to get into or is that not really your bag you know what i've done um i went to a convention um uh, there was a there's been a point this year where i could have definitely given up barbering. okay um i wasn't very good uh in, in my head I was just like I could definitely just do nothing yeah, right yeah. now and um, where and I, and I went to this convention and I was watching everything you know with my work colleagues and you know my work colleagues like are like oh you're such a good barber and you should you know you should get more into it whereas I, I dropped off and I was just like 
not interested with yeah, anything yeah. at all. Whether it was taking photos and videos and posting them up, I had zero interest. But I went to this convention and people were like cutting hair, like there was competitions going on and like people were like testing out new equipment. And then I kind of fell back into yeah, love with it. Yeah. But and I was like, I definitely want to be up on the stage cutting someone's hair in a and like the weirdest haircut I've ever given to bump my yeah, career. Yeah, yeah. That's cool. So I definitely say yeah, I definitely do that. That's cool. Um and then just to kind of like bring it back to sort of like the music side of things, like yeah, I don't know, like because as you say, like where you're like with like the barbering, you've got your your client, you're there for like as you say, like forty five minutes, like talking about yeah, free yeah. and stuff. Does that kind of like as you say, because it's obviously an outlet for them, but obviously you're having those conversations as well. So does that kind of yeah. then like spiral into like maybe a topic that you want to touch upon with no relief? I don't know. I I base a lot of my conversations on my clients. Like like I want I'm I'm there to talk about them. Yeah, yeah. But when they do ask about me, they're like, oh what do you do anything outside of work? And that is obviously the, you know, the, the first thing I kind of think yeah. about. I'm like, um, if I'm not doing music, you know, I'm eating junk food with my girlfriend <laughs> yeah. on the couch. Um, but yeah, um, it's I find it hard to talk to people that aren't into it about hardcore. Yeah, yeah, I know what you mean. So I just have to be like, oh yeah, I'm into like heavy music. Or I play in like a heavy band. Like, oh, like Metallica. Yeah, like, yeah, that's yeah, fine. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> um, same with my work colleagues. Like, um, you know, they're all, they're like, we're all into hip hop. Yeah. Like, if you're not, in, if you're not into hip hop, you, you, you're missing. Yeah, it. yeah. Um, so that is definitely like something I talk about a lot when it comes to work because everybody can kind of touch on yeah. it. Touch on it, you know, like 90s hip hop. Yeah. It's an easy subject. Um, but when it comes to talking about heavy music, people are like, oh, I didn't think you do yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. Because you know, when I I work I work, I wear like white tee, white tee dickies. Got, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, whereas like when I'm outside, I've got like Cannibal Corpse t-shirt. <laughs> people ripped apart. It's quite funny, like you say about like those like the conversations with like work colleagues and stuff. Because like, so yeah. me and like a few friends here, we've just started doing a band. And I, I was yeah, really? I was walking to we so we had like our second like practice yesterday, and I was wow. I was walking oh. to the practice space. I'm so wait, can I just say I'm so glad to do that. Thank you, again. man. I appreciate that. Um, but I was walking to the practice space, and someone I work with was like walking the other way, and I was like, oh, oh, I wait. can't like just fucking ignore them. So I was like, you're all right, and they're like, oh yeah, yeah, so, and like had the like, oh, so where are you off to? And I was like. Uh, just a rehearsal space and they're like oh okay cool what are you doing I was like uh, then doing a band and like, okay what is it I was like yeah oh god I've got to have this conversation <laughs> yeah 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 see all my work colleagues uh, know what I do obviously and like you know we played this local show like to, to Hastings yeah. and they all came and they were like where should I stand am I going to get battered <laughs> I'm like no one's here to hurt yeah, yeah. Like, like if you're like in that area you will probably get hit. yeah yeah but if you're at the back you'll be fine like no one's here to direct yeah, you yeah. The base. and they're like are you sure <laughs> and i'm like 
Yeah, because like they see videos of like no relief. Shows. Yeah, yeah, and you know, people when people throw down, it does look like it does look violent. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It is violent. <laughs> like it's not intentional. Yeah, violence. yeah, yeah. Um, so yeah, touching on like that with people that aren't into it, and it's just like you're kind of like going over and over. You're just like, yeah, like this happens yeah, and yeah. that happens. And, and they're like, really? You do that? They get it. But yeah. They it. But just because you've obviously touched on hip hop as well, like, mm. got, got to get your opinion out on Outbreak. Oh, my girlfriend is a massive hip hop yeah. head. And she's into hip hop, how I'm into hardcore. Sick. Um, so, and even she turned around to me and goes, I'd definitely go outbreak. Yeah. I was like, yeah, <laughs> like, this is cool. <laughs> so, in that aspect, it's getting more, it's going to get more people into hardcore. Yeah. And obviously, you know, not everybody listens to hardcore every day. Yeah, yeah, of course. Like, that, that is dumb. Yeah, like I like I wake up and I could listen to Terror, but I will definitely be listening to, you know, I mean, like Little Sims. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, so I definitely think Outbreak is cool. Yeah, still. that's the thing. I like, mean, uh, I you probably saw you probably saw my tweet about um, I mentioned a lot of bands that should be on yeah, Outbreak. Yeah, um, but. I think it's cool that we're even they're they're experimenting. Yeah. Um, you know, they're trying to make a more diverse crowd. Yeah. And that is that's what hardcore is about. Like people need to get people are gonna get into it one way or another. Um and it, you know, and people getting into it is a cool thing. Yeah. People mind that no one comes to shows. Well, these are the people that are gonna come to yeah. shows. And that's the thing, like for me personally, like Denzel Curry is like one of my favorite artists of the last like two, three years. I think they're fucking amazing. So the fact that they're like headlining, I'm fucking stoked. Yeah. So, what about Death Grips? Have you ever touched on so Death Grips? I've like early Death Grips, <laughs> I fucking loved. And I saw Death Grips in, in yeah. Brighton fucking years ago. Really? Yeah, yeah. They play, I can't remember the fucking name of the venue. <laughs> it's like right on the yeah. seafront. Um, Oh fuck! What is it called? Concord. No, it's like the other end. Um, I want to say Hydra. I or know something that, like that, but I can't remember the Hydrant. Um, oh no, what's it called now? The Arch? Maybe. Is it the Maybe. Arch? But I just remember we were there, and like there was this this woman like stood to my left. Like the yeah. the place was like. They pumped so much fucking like dry ice in there as well, so you couldn't fucking breathe. But this woman was wow. just stood there, just gurning her face off, and I was like, "Oh, okay, this is this is a death groups crowd." But yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, I don't get me wrong, it, I fuck with it, but I think it'll be interesting to see what they do, like for that. What, yeah, I'm excited. To, I'm excited to see what the crowd. Yeah, do, same. Like, um. I like there are so many good bands playing, but then there's so many opportunities yeah. for me to be like Elf Sweatshirt's playing. Yeah. I I loved Elf Sweatshirt forever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And like, the fact that I'm gonna see him and like even like I don't 
I'm definitely not into Denzel Curry as much as you are, but he's definitely got like five songs that I'm going to be like, yeah, I want to yeah, watch yeah, this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know that like viral song? I for, I forgot what it was. Um, uh, that one, that just that one Denzel Curry song that everybody knows. Um, not Zoo, is it? No, uh, it was. It's just like on everything. Cam, what's that Denzel Curry song? Oh, she's like, listen. To <laughs> <laughs> I feel like she would know. But yeah. But, uh, I'm going to find it. And that's send it to you. It's just that one that's on Yeah, everything. yeah. As well as um, I'm outbreak being diverse and getting people into hardcore. TikTok. See, I, um, I, this is where you lose me. Fucking, I am an old man with that. TikTok hardcore is massive. Uh, I always see people moaning about it. Like these kids don't know what they're on about. I'm like, what? yeah, yeah. <laughs> like these are just people like bumping bands that no one knows. Yeah, yeah. Because I remember there was like that. Like I only see them when they go on Instagram. Because as I say, I'm a fucking old. yeah. Someone has a moan up about it. Well, it's not so much that. It's like people sharing it and like, but because I don't have TikTok because I'm an old man. But like, yeah. I remember there was one where there was like it was a like a woman and she was like as you say like bumping all these bands like she was like bumping like scowl fucking yeah. like all like the bay area bands like tsunami and all that shit and yeah, because yeah. she was just a, a pretty girl everyone was like oh but she yeah. doesn't really listen to them it's like who gives a shit she's yeah. hyping them up sort of thing yeah yeah but, yeah. yeah no true see that yeah that's the thing like i feel like old heads are scared to let new heads which in. fucking blows my mind as somebody that is slowly yeah. becoming an old head which i hate to admit but give a shit hardcore is a young kid's game at the end of the day yeah like did you see that thing about the fishnet turnstile thing no it was like a paragraph like uh, it was like an interview i was like oh have you got anything else to add like yeah, this one goes out to all the fishnet hardcore kids that listen to Tanzania. Oh no fuck one else. yes, I did. Like, yeah, fuck. yeah, yeah, I did see that. That was the dumbest thing I've ever seen in yeah. my life. Um, whether people took it seriously or not, I just, I just think it's so dumb. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I think people just need to get over the fact that Tanzania are getting more and more people into oh, 1, it. Oh, one thousand percent. And we, because. You know, we need people to fill out shows. We no one wants to play shows to like five. Yeah, people. yeah, definitely. Do you know what I mean? And it doesn't matter what you dress like. Yeah. Um, it's a huge thing. Like in hardcore, every dress is different. Yeah. Massively. But I think that like a good way to kind of segue back into like where sort of no relief are. Like obviously, as you say, like so yeah. coming out of like lockdown. And starting to do shows and stuff again well like as a band and, and things like that and i think like i don't know because obviously like where like we've been friends and stuff i've kind of seen like the gradual growth of the, of the band and like you're yeah. very good at like i don't want to say like pushing a product but like you push the band like as hard as as you can and, and stuff like that and to get the name out there yeah and things. um but I think, like, with Ritual Oppressor coming out, there was definitely, like, a shift of, like, me seeing people that, like, I knew separate from you who were sharing your music. Yeah, yeah. I was like, 
oh sick like people were like digging this yeah so did you see that as a I... yeah we like we were like expecting minimal yeah we expected a bit more of course because it's a new sound and you know it's going to fit more people's like ear holes but you know like recent recently like since releasing that it's bumped yeah yeah you know and a lot of people rate it and a lot of like we've gained followers and people buying merch and coming to shows i've noticed a massive change in like you know a client base to know yeah yeah i'd say right (laughs) and i was i was shook man like um I think it went with the when we released the EP, we went from like fifty monthly listeners to one thousand four hundred monthly listeners. And I was just like, "What the hell?" (laughs) (laughs) Johnny rung me up like, "What is going on?" I was like, "I do not know." But and people added it. Usually, you can see on like Spotify for you, like people add it to like their playlist. Yeah, yeah. And like that, like that creates plays, and even to the point where you know friends getting into it and they're bumping it um i mean my friend henry he does this whole thing on tiktok right and he bumped no relief a lot and they got like and that bumped a lot of like followers yeah and even some guy in america that's like big on tiktok called hesh daddy everyone hates him for some reason i don't know why but um he like bumped us and then we ended up having like more listens and like more people follow us like what is going on yeah yeah and it's, I, literally, I think the sound difference has definitely done us a yeah. favor. I'm like, I'm like so grateful for anybody that's listened to us, like since Ritual Oppressor has come yeah. out. And you know what? Recording that was the most stressful thing. Really? How world. come? Well, it's the first time I've, you know, I've spoken about a lot of things, yeah. more personal things. Um, and me and John Johnny put our heads together. And he wrote about a lot of his personal right. things and we had it all together. And when we like, everything was recorded and then we recorded vocals and, and he was kind of like in, in the, in the other room, like you can do this a bit better. <laughs> you could do this, this word a bit longer. Should we add a couple more bits here? And I was sitting there, I was like, Johnny, man. I'm gonna wrap this lead around <laughs> your head. <laughs> I'm gonna squeeze it so your eyeballs pop out. <laughs> I was getting so frustrated and so angry with recording that. And like when it was done, I was just like, okay, I've been a, I've been an asshole. Yeah, like, yeah, yeah. But I'm so glad he pushed me to that limit because mate, it is literally one of my favorite things. Ever. Yeah, yeah. I listen to it. I will, I listen to it daily. That's cool. Um, when whereas like most people listen to their music and be like, oh, I definitely could have improved. Whereas I feel like Ritual Oppressor was, was to put our perfection. Yeah, yeah. And I'm so happy with that's it. cool. Um, and obviously, like, kind of off the back of that, obviously you've had the opportunity to do like more shows and and stuff like that. And obviously, yeah, like recently had the opportunity to play with One Step Closer and Magnitude. So how was that? Weird. <laughs> Weird. I mean, we played a lot of shows. Mm. 
like more so than what I thought. I think we played fourteen shows. Fucking hell. Um, and like a lot of them were like Brighton based yeah. shows, and then like we were like it was like um we ended up going to Birmingham, and then like when we played Birmingham, we ended up playing Leicester. You know, and playing with bands that I'm like, I listen to regularly. Yeah. I'm like, this is cool. This is cool. Like, we're getting somewhere with this now. Like, since the since the EP came out, it was like doing favors. Yeah. Um, and then Theo, who does um since uh, Upsurge is, you know, he's he um Ed's doing like Upsurge artists. Yeah, now. yeah. And Theo Theo's doing Theo's doing his own thing, like kind of like running off the back end of um what ed's not yeah doing yeah now. um and he was like i love no relief so much i'm like thank you <laughs> um and he put us on a show in london i think it was meant to be like morning and whispers right okay we're coming through uh and then like whispers had to cancel and they canceled yeah, the whole yeah. tour and then Fio was like, oh, I'm going to do a gig on this day. Do you want to play? I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he announced it and we were like main support. I was like, what? <laughs> I was like, that's so weird. Like, I, I, I was grateful, but I was like, this is so yeah, weird. Yeah, yeah. And then, and he goes, you know what? I'm going to surprise you with something one day. And then he messaged uh, Johnny, just like, do you guys want to open up for One Step Closer in Magnitude? And Johnny just said yes. <laughs> and then messaged the chat. It's like, is everybody free? I've already said yes. <laughs> and like, I rung, I, I, the first person I rung was my dad. Yeah. And I was like, wait, that's a bot. Fucking Magnitude. Like, head by yeah, my yeah. phone. Like, I was so pumped. Like, Magnitude are a very important band. Uh, moral Yeah, wise. yeah. And when it comes to experimenting sound, uh, one step closer and one of them bands I've started getting into because they just sounded a lot more different yeah you know so I was so pumped that's cool how did it go down for you so guys so pumped a lot better than what yeah. I thought the room was packed and I actually threw up I haven't actually <laughs> this. I, fr- I was like it was the biggest room we played um, like in terms of Bodies. yeah yeah i was like fear how many people are here he goes 380 oh mate don't fucking you shouldn't have asked that question <laughs> and like because i was like there must be about 100 people here and i i went and threw up and i was like how many people do you reckon here he's like yeah 380 i was like okay uh and i did a i did a sick <laughs> um and then we went on stage and like I noticed there was a lot of people from Brighton. Yeah, there. yeah. I was like, this is okay. And then there was like people that we knew from just playing shows all around this year. Yeah. Like or like just like by playing like Midlands, etc. Um and we had a lot of moshes That's cool. for a first band. I was like, if no moshes, fair, like whatever, but I was like, I'd hate yeah, that. Yeah, yeah. But um you know, it was literally one of my favorites. That's cool. For sure. Like, it was just so good. Like, even to the intro where we say no yeah. relief, like, people were like, like it, it just felt really Sick. good. And it felt like so nice. Felt like a natural, natural. Yeah, thing. yeah. And, like, just to kind of go, like, from where we kind of, I guess, started this conversation to, like, 
I guess that as a as a good like landmark point. Like yeah, going from somebody that maybe wasn't like interested in in doing vocals to now yeah. being in a band that is very active doing shows, getting good good yeah. support slots and stuff. How has your kind of attitude to everything changed? I don't feel like my attitude's changed. Like I feel more excited. Right, okay. I feel like um it's um like I'm like I'm working myself to work harder. Yeah. I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna we gotta make sure we're like angrier, we move about more. Um but like I feel like people can get very big headed when it comes to hard. Yeah, yeah. And think they're a lot bigger than what they are. And I, I don't ever want to think like that. I just want to think like I'm having a good time with my friends. Yeah, yeah. And like and they and they won't change like that for like ever. But like, yeah, no. I don't feel like I've changed in the way of that attitude wise. Yeah. And and then obviously like in terms of I've lost my train of thought now. That's good good thing for a host, isn't it? <laughs> um but like obviously you've kind of mentioned oh no, that's where I was gonna go. Click back, he's remembered. Right. Um, BN one. Right. So obviously like I used to go to quite a lot of like Brighton shows before I moved to Bristol because yeah. that was the place that like had shows, but it was a lot more yeah. of the punk variety like your plastics yeah. like your imposter and and stuff like that oh man but there's still there's still the backbone of don't, yeah don't get me wrong they have i i completely agree with you but there is like let's say there's bands like yourself uh, like negative measures yeah. and stuff like that that are kind of like yeah, yeah, yeah. coming up like underneath sort of thing and obviously like yeah all the shit that oscar's doing like putting on yeah. shows and stuff so how is it to kind of like I guess see that and be part of that at the moment? I am so happy to be a part of like DM One the scene. Um, I mean, we got Final Word. They kind of hold the hardcore punk background. They're like, let like Plastics, Imposter, um, you know, all them kind of yeah. bands. Um, and then we've got BM One Collective, uh, which is Connor. Uh, from Stonehand and Tempest Frame, mm. um, he does that with Baxter. He's in a band called Bloodgutter. Oh, okay, They're quite new. Uh, and they, you know, they've been they've been going to show. Like I remember seeing them at shows when I was like a child. Yeah, yeah. Like they know me since I was like like twelve. Um, and Oscar as well, like doing Burning Water, is a huge deal. Yeah, like we're like. Big bands are pulling through Brighton. Shows are selling out all the time. People are meeting at shows and starting new yeah. bands. And you know we've got a real good thing going mm. on. And like like venues are like, yes, we'll hundred percent have your show. Yeah, yeah. Because at like there was a time where it was hard to get a show because people knew how shows were. Yeah. Um, I mean, like Trash Talk played in Brighton and the bassist like smacked a guy with a guitar yeah, yeah, and with yeah. his guitar uh no security guard and it's just gone like from then and and now like we're building it back up and 
and a lot of old heads are not, like coming through to shows and like this is the best it's ever yeah. been and like the fact like we're a part of that and it's going that way it's a huge deal i mean there's a lot of bands in brighton now. yeah we got um yeah negative measures plastics imposter um how long you've been driving body bag a stone hand i mean the list goes yeah, on, yeah, not, yeah. Not, not, not. um and it's uh, and it's just only getting started yeah I think. um whereas we've had we've had big bands come through um i mean we've had scowl we had fiddlehead we had um you know we got we get we get cruelty down yeah. there and you know i uh oscar booked the spies like their first ever sh- uh south show yeah. was in brighton you know like we're getting good bands come yeah through. yeah and the fact people are people are coming new heads and they're like you need to come to this show like People are doing nuts. Yeah, shit. yeah. You need to come and like, and you can, you can notice. Yeah, that. that's cool. So, just before, like, I kind of start to round things off. Obviously, you kind of alluded to it earlier, but have like, I guess, in no relief, you've already kind of got plans for the future for the next record. Is that or is that wheels in motion at the moment, right. or is it very embryonic at the moment? That's being marked. Oh fuck! Okay. I shouldn't have said that, but I'm saying it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't... Like, that is being mastered and that'll be out early next Sick. year. Sick. Okay. That's beautiful to look forward to then. Um, and our favourite tracks today, like, for sure. Like, we're, like, now we've got Oscar in the band and uh, we've got our new drummer, Marley. Yeah. We're, um, you know, we're, we're like, we're, we've really you know, worked on Ritual Press. Yeah. If that makes sense. And and like and emotionally, probably the most deep down I've I've ever spoken. Yeah, yeah. So I am so pumped to get Sick. this out. That's cool. I look forward to that. Um in terms of playing shows, we've got a <laughs> we've got a tour to kind of rebook. Yeah, yeah. Um there's a lot of things I can't talk about. Uh, shows yeah. wise but there's, there's a there's a few shows already booked in ready to yeah. go and I'm, and I'm excited to play them but uh, there's like two or three things like you'll see and you'll be like okay. <laughs> but that because that was the other, that's happening that was the other thing I was going to ask like I guess kind of like off the back of Ritual Presser and like the reaction to it and stuff has that kind of like yeah. now like galvanised you a bit more to like just like push this to the moon as much as you can sort of thing yeah, I just want it to be heavier and harder than last time. Mm. Like, that's what I always look with bands when they release music. Yeah. You've got to really push to, you know, you're like, you've written something. Okay, that's hard. Now to be harder. Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, like the Inclination Records, it's like, they just got, just got, you got to really show yourself. Yeah, up. yeah. Uh, the year on the knife records as well. Yeah. Like, I mean that. Um, what was their first album called? Ultimate. Well, the one a couple uh, of duh. the one they released like last year. Yeah. Right, it was. I'm so shit with. Yeah, but then they released. Yeah, and then they released the the newer one, and I was just like, 
if this isn't as hard as the last one, I'm going to be yeah, devastated. Yeah. And it was just like, no, it was like on. Yeah. It was so good. <laughs> <laughs> I've never, like, I, yeah, for, to be, to work harder. What you just said. Yeah. For, for like every musician, I think. I think that's like the goal. Yeah. For sure. Cool. Right. Ethan, how I like to, to end this is to ask my guests what their favourite song is, but with a bit of a twist. So what's your favourite wow. No Relief song that you like to play live and why? Uh, probably Where We Bleed. Yeah. Um, it features my best mate, Connor, in it, and he's in Tempest Fray and Stonehand. Yeah. Hand. Um, and it's just like the grooviest song. It's the one that steers. It just, it has like half, it's like half a hardcore song, I'd say. <laughs> it's like, it's so, it's just groovy and, and it feels like I'm rapping in right, it. Right, okay. For some reason. Um, and like, er, and the, there's a chorus bit with uh, gang vocals and people have started to pick it yeah, up. Yeah, yeah. And people are like, yeah, this is where we go to pick. And I'm like, this is my sick. Song. I like to, I like to hear that. But, yeah. <laughs> that is definitely my favorite song. Brilliant. Well, Ethan, thank you very much for your time. Really, really appreciate it. Lovely. Mate, it's been nice to, to catch see... up and talk. Um, yeah, hopefully see you soon. Oh, yes. I was going to say, you're playing Bristol uh, next in year. January. Yes, with Cruelty, Blood Fury. Oh, there's like three yeah. bands on that so, but I am I'm yeah. I need uh, you need to take the day off and we need to eat loads yeah of food. we'll hang out it'll be fucking sick right that peace out one. my mood. take take care man love you love you bye So there we have it, folks. Again, a huge thank you to Ethan for taking some time out of his evening to have a little chat with me. Um, there was a couple of technical difficulties, but I think I've managed to edit them out, so it should all flow seamlessly. Um, as Ethan mentioned, there's new no relief material coming on the horizon, so please keep an eye out for that. They're going to be, I'm sure they're going to be super busy next year. Um, if you haven't listened to uh, their recent EP, Go check that out. There'll be links and everything in the show notes. Um, but yeah, that's pretty much it for another week. As always, whether this is the first time you've listened to the Justin Insight podcast or the 227th time, your uh, presence is very much appreciated. Thank you for stopping by and I will see you soon.